just before you start the episode, I wanted to let you know this is a part one of a two-part series just because the episode got a bit too long. So don't be surprised when the episode cuts off at like 20 minutes or so. Have fun! Welcome back everybody to a new episode of my podcast, I Am My Best Friend. Today I have once again another guest here with me and I'm very very excited because she's challenged me to do a lot of new things. Yesterday we did an Instagram live together in Spanish which for me is very very new and I guess right now I'm also challenging her a bit to speak in English because her her native tongue is actually Spanish but we all know she's gonna do very very well so maybe you want to introduce yourself Christina yes of course uh so well I am Christina you would say that I am an Instagram activist but I am I don't like to tell myself on those terms but I like to talk on Instagram about self-love self-care and just things that can make the most impact on people so yeah I'm just a normal person just like you here talking about topics that are relevant at least that's what I think <laughs> Yes, I think we're doing very similar things. I actually like the term Instagram activist. It sounds cool. It sounds like you're doing something for everyone else and for yourself. Yeah, I agree. But it looks like too much for me right now to handle. Fair enough. I understand. <laughs> okay, well, before we start anything, I just want to give out a trigger warning for a few topics. So we will be talking about eating disorders, fat phobia, fat shaming, self-criticism, and body dysmorphia. So if any of these topics triggers you in any kind of way, I suggest that you just skip this episode and tune in next week or something. Well, are you ready? I think... I can. Okay, perfect. I want to start with my first question. We talked about this in the Instagram live yesterday. This is the question I always ask in the beginning. And yesterday you actually asked me this question, which was very, very nice. So the question is, what habits do you engage in to be your best friend? Yes, I love this question because I think that habits are so powerful. And I got to say that I have lots of them. Just to give you some context, I come from a life with so much chaos and in which there was no kind of healthy habit. And a few years ago, I decided to start doing activities that make me feel good and that make me feel kind to myself on a daily basis. And yes, I'd say that I'm still in the process of becoming my own best friend. In fact, I think I am in the process of reintroducing myself and getting to know myself better, just exploring my possibilities and, and trying to pile up tiny bits of self-confidence to create a relationship with more self-love and, and confidence. Yeah, that's that's why I say that I am not, I am in the process of becoming my best friend, okay? But the habits that I would say are investing in myself, setting boundaries and uh, listening to my body. Just investing in myself, I think that it might seem cliche, but if we stop and think for a minute about that, uh, we are all day doing things and accepting tasks for the other ones. For instance, in my case, I took this degree just for my parents to be proud of me. I used to make plans and say certain things for my friends to accept me. And I mean, at the end of the day, I was almost always working on autopilot and doing nothing for myself. I think I was not being authentic enough. And that's when I decided to make the first investment in myself. And it was just a, a, a tiny investment. It was a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. 
uh, by Robin Sharma. I bet mm-hmm. you know about this book. I've, I've heard about it, but not read it. Right? No, uh, I I think some of the listeners will will know about this book because mm-hmm. it's quite famous. And from this tiny investment, I started investing more and more in therapy, in in professionals that could help me solve my problems, right? My 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 inner and my outer conflicts. And I invested in in self care, in traveling, and exploring. And yeah, and I think. Uh, from my point of view, it is not only about investing money, but also investing my time and my energy. So far, right now, I try to spend at least five, ten minutes per day on myself, on on, on journaling, meditating, or reading. So yes, investing in myself is just a big one. <laughs> the second one is setting boundaries. So this one is definitely one that I am still working on because I tend to put myself into the good girl character, um, the, one, the one that is responsible, the one that needs to look a certain way and be likable for everybody. I tend to have this people-pleaser mindset. So right now I am, being, or I am trying to be more intentional and saying no to these plans that do not vibe with me or that doesn't make me feel good or saying no to these jobs that are not aligned with my goals. And I am setting boundaries to my energy and my time. And I realize that every time I, I say no, I am creating space for better things to come. Uh, healthier people, uh, more fun plans, better career opportunities. I think that it might seem ironic, but by saying no, I I feel more abundant. I don't know what you think about that. I think that's the perfect way to say that. I think boundaries are just so important. They allow you to just communicate what is right and what is not right for you. And through that, as you say, you have so many more opportunities in the direction that you are trying to go to. Setting boundaries, as you say, it's just so, so important. It's respecting yourself. It was really the definition of respecting yourself and your needs. I, I like to think about uh, an expression that I have for myself. I think I made up for myself. Uh, it's like, uh, I like to think of myself as a tree. It's a tree that needs to cut the old branches down. A tree needs to cut the, the, the old branches down because this is the only way you can let a new branches go grow better and stronger and healthier, right? That is a beautiful way of seeing it, no? Yes. I love yeah. that because it's so visual as well. It's something that you can really imagine. And and yeah, the third habit is, in general terms, listening to my body, okay? And acting accordingly because I am such an emotional person. But frequently, my, my mental noise doesn't allow me to see what my body is craving or what it's asking me for. So that's why I need to have some habits to let me listen to my body. And doing them on a daily basis is, is convenient for me. So when I wake up, I... But I was saying, you know, I usually meditate uh, for five, ten minutes and I get to relax my jaw and the tension that I can have. Uh, and I start my day on another note, on a, actually on a more positive one. And yeah, I also tend to need to move for a bit, even if it's just a 20 minutes walk. So if my body is craving it, I will I will give it to, to it because I try to see movement as a gift, right? Not as a punishment. It's, it's just my way to get fresh air, distracting myself. It's a real gift, you know? <laughs> Yes, that's something that I like to talk about more in another question. But um, I also try to write a bit every day. This year, I have the challenge to journal one page per day in a tiny notebook because I know that having this habit, this two or three minutes to journal makes me connect with myself a bit further. And yeah, wrapping up, it would be these three habits, investing in myself, setting boundaries and listening to my body. 
you said that you're learning to be your best friend and that before that you were not really your best friend and mm -hmm. I feel the exact same way I think growing up or even up until maybe two years ago I felt I was even my enemy I was the one person that sabotaged myself I was the person that created so much anger and everything within me and I thought I was not worthy and now I'm also still learning how to be my best friend so I completely resonate with what you just said I think it's inevitable to stick to this kind of patterns if you have been your whole life criticizing yourself mm -hmm. right it's it's just inevitable but we are still working on uh, being our best friends it's a beautiful journey as well okay well I want to go on to the next question I would like you to tell us about yourself, maybe a bit about your story and also why have you decided to, to take the step into Instagram activism? Yes, yeah, so just as we were talking about this, I have lived pretty much my whole life criticizing myself. I'm still my worst nightmare sometimes, you know, my worst enemy. And I always thought that I was not pretty enough, thin enough kind enough, good enough friend, good enough daughter. I was not enough, right? The thing is that at the bottom of my heart, I knew that I needed to express that. I, need, I needed to communicate it. I knew that there would be a point in my life where I'd feel strong enough uh, to bring my experience and my learnings to the light. It is pretty ironic because I was a really shy girl as a child and I said barely nothing and I was so afraid of talking to people and telling them about my life. I was really afraid of being judged. So right now, that's why I am here. I that point in my life where I feel strong enough and I opened an Instagram account and I am here just trying to express the way I see life now. And I started seeing that ordinary people started opening their Instagram account and letting their experiences out. And that fascinated me absolutely fascinated me. I was I was in awe and I am still in awe every time I see or I saw a girl openly expressing her eating disorder, for instance, or talking about how, how they are treating themselves or how they are feeling, or women talking about their experience with gender-based violence and people talking about depressions and their problems. Instagram, I don't know what you think about that and I would love to know about your opinion, but I think that Instagram can be as problematic as you want, but it is a tool for many people to bring their experiences into light and, and talking about topics that are very stigmatized and topics that we cannot talk in our closer surroundings. What do you think about that? I think like any other platform, Instagram has positive and negative sides. What I think is, is negative, let's start off with that. Since you see so many different experiences, you're almost forced to compare yourself to other people. Which in real life, I don't think you, you actually get to see that many different experiences, that many different perspectives. And also on Instagram, which is another negative thing, is that you can choose what you publish and what not. And so many people publish very polished things, very perfect things. And you might assume that that's the reality when it's really not. Yeah. But besides that, as in any public platform, it has so, so many positive aspects. And I think it's so amazing how, how so many people like us have decided to take the step and just share their own truth, share their experiences. And that's also something that you would not get in real life. One doesn't get to talk to that many different people. And here you do. Here you learn so much, so many new things. I think it's, I think it's probably more positive than negative in the end. There's an expression in, in Spanish that I was trying to find the right word in English. It's arma de doble filo. How would it? Well, literally, it's like a, a weapon with, with two blades, I guess. Yes, it's just that the same thing has a, a completely positive intention and a, 
and it can be very toxic as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, Instagram for me is is amazing, and and if you are if you are using it for the right way, you can do great things right there. That's what I think. <laughs> so yes, and and taking it a bit closer to my experience, you must think that um, with the level of criticism and self destruction that I had with myself, I I believe it was ki- quite inevitable to end up suffering an eating disorder among other experiences. But um, yes, I realized that the more I normalize it and talk about it with friends, with workmates and, and other girls that come into my life, the more I say that I am not alone and my problems are problems for many girls, to say the least. That's why I think that's what we were talking about yesterday. But just connecting with people and seeing that your problems are the same as others is very important for me. And that's pretty much why I am here. And I am... I am really passionate about verbalizing and talking about all these topics and I hope I can create a community with more empowered women that know that they are not alone, right? Yeah, that's that's why I engage with Instagram activists. That is really great and I actually looked through Instagram a bit more in detail and I think you're really achieving that, that community. I see that people are commenting and saying thank you for doing this or they're really reacting in positive ways. So I think you're definitely heading in the right direction. And even the live yesterday, there was already a few comments saying thank you for, for being so open and vulnerable. And, and that just shows that exactly what you say that so many people share the same experiences as we do and i think a lot of people also feel thankful that we do that that we talk about these things and that they can resonate with our experiences so important i think yes yes i can get very emotional talking about this instagram account because people are engaging and are connecting just it's it's just being vulnerable makes other people connect to you and and yes Funnily enough, being vulnerable is exactly what can also also cause you harm. I'm just going to give a quick example. On, on my podcast Instagram, I posted something about consent and I, I wore like a full outfit. And then the next picture I was wearing like underpants and, and a top. And I just wanted to say that the way I'm dressed does not imply consent, right? I was being vulnerable. I was showing my body the way it is. A- apparently you could see that I, I wasn't shaved or something. This person commented, would it be consent if you were shaved? And it was such a horrible comment. And I, I see that being vulnerable can also have really like negative sides, but I think it's definitely worth it in the end. No, we, we have such a, a, a wrong conception of, of consentment. And, and, and I think people on social media can, can be so harmful. Yeah, but in, in the end, it's them reacting to their own insecurities rather than reacting to what, to what I post. So. Yeah, and they are, I think they are projecting their lack of self-confidence. 100%. 100%, yeah, definitely. So now we're gonna dive into the topic of eating disorders a little bit more. So again, here the trigger warning. How has your experience with, with an eating disorder affected your self-confidence? Okay, so I tried to think about my eating disorder phase, right? And I think that my eating disorder started as something very subtle. I always saw myself as a fat person. Always. Now I see the pictures I have from childhood and say, wow, Christina, you had a very distorted image of yourself, you know? But yes, I've always seen myself as fat. And I think it's important to say that the problem does not lie in the fact of being fat, because there are many fat people in this world living their happy life and there, there is no actual problem. The problem comes with the system that fosters fat phobia and fat shaming and the system that keeps telling us that being fat is a problem, though it is actually not. If we think about it, our mothers and friends and, and almost every woman we know has been on a diet once 
in their lifetime, so, which is mind-blowing. And it is clear that this collective, th- collective thinking has a major impact in our lives, in my life. So yes, I blamed uh, the fact that I was fat for everything that happened to me. My inner dialogue was something like, yeah, I do not have friends because I'm fat or my parents do not love me because I'm fat. People are not interested in me because I'm fat. And right now you look at this and think how much fucking shit did you have in your head, Chris? But uh, yeah, I truly believed it. And I believed that I deserved all the suffering that I was experiencing because I was fat. And it makes me wonder how manipulative your mind can be. I truly felt like rubbish. There are so many people out there thinking and believing that their worth depends on their weight or on the quantity of fat they have in their belly. There was a point exactly in my life where I started having more control and this was at high school. I was 16 years old and I started taking my workouts a bit further. I started eating less. I started having satisfaction for being more disciplined than ever before. And I felt so disconnected from myself. I was pushing myself to limits that went beyond discipline, absolutely. And it was so hurtful for me. And every time I looked at the mirror, I was in shock at what I was seeing because I never saw myself so thin. And I started buying clothes and obsessing over my my body and, and its weight and I weighed myself every day and if the number in the scale had gone down I felt better if not I didn't and Mm -hmm. I always wanted more always and that was a problem of course I was I was pushing myself harder every time to bring this number down on the scale and since everybody was telling me hey Christina you are thinner I loved that feeling of getting recognized and I became addicted to it in the end my eating disorder reflected to the outer world, uh, my inner void and my lack of self-confidence as, as we were talking about. I was, and I tried to make myself fit into the box and to make me feel closer to the ideal of beauty. And people were noticing it and they were making comments about my weight loss in a positive way. Shout out here to trying not to focus on making comments on somebody's body, even if they are positive, because it's not the only thing we should be accomplishing. It's, it's not the only thing you, you need to say to a person. I 100% agree and we're just taught that your looks are one of the most important assets that we have and and that's why we've probably learned to compliment people on their looks. As you say, it's so problematic even if you mean it in the most positive way. You don't know what the other person is going through. As you exactly say, they might be obsessing over exactly those compliments. Now you've given me a bit of a reminder to be even more intentional when I compliment other people and, and make sure that perhaps I use less com- compliments that that have to do with the looks of the person and, and more about their personality. Yeah, just to change the, the approach and try to see beyond the physical image of a person, mm-hmm. right? Wrapping up, I think that um, my eating disorder was the next step to making all my insecurities visible, actually, yeah. Okay, you're currently making me remember a lot of, of my own struggles with my own body. And I realize I have so much to say for, for a whole another episode. But one thing, I've always had an internalized voice as well, which actually started externally because when I was young, I was a bit chubby. And I was actually told that by a family member and also some friends of mine, they always told me, oh, you're fat, ha 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 ha. And then I internalized that and, and I told myself, this is the kind of part of me now. This is part of my identity. I'm ugly. I'm, I'm fat. All these things. And, and then I started having this voice inside my head. I think now I have a much better relationship with that voice inside of my head. Because I, I worked years on it. 
but but still it, there's days when it when it just comes back and just like you it's so manipulative yeah and i think we are also judging each other a little bit and even though we don't want to in terms of eating especially you always hear comments like oh are you sure you want to eat that or haven't you eaten enough or you're eating again i i still get that a lot and and so i just think there needs to be a shift in how we perceive looks and how we value looks as well yeah all right everybody sorry for cutting off the episode since this is quite a long one, it's already 22 minutes or so, I will split it into two different episodes. So there will be a part one, which is this one, and a part two coming out next week. So stay tuned. This is like a cliffhanger. <laughs> I hope you're not too mad at me. And otherwise, like always know that you are absolutely loved. And whatever you're going through, you will get through it. So much love. Bye. Bye.